Hello! Hello! Welcome to Hot Apocalypse. Gosh, Josh, it sure is chilly. I know. It's uh, it's freezing cold. There's like snow coming down. Absolutely the most animated snow I've seen fall in Los Angeles my entire time here. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's the polar vortex, Andy. But Josh, why, why are we? Why do we got this backdrop? Uh, this is a show about Venezuela. Oh no, it's a show about the polar vortex. It's man. a show about Venezuela. The polar vortex is freezing everyone all across America. You guys, this is a show about. Venezuela, what's happening down there. It's a show about the polar vortex and its connection to climate. It's a show about how we're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. Hot apocalypse. He's a comic who's chronically depressed and thinks we're doomed. He's a renowned climate scientist who crunched the numbers and knows we're doomed. Together, they're hoping to have a good time till it's over and tell you, we're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. Hot apocalypse. Welcome back to Hot Apocalypse, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to be here, Andy. Josh, Man. good to see him. Yeah, it's, it's good to be back. You know, Josh and I get together every week and we talk about uh, the reasons why we're all totally screwed. We have a drink of some kind that's appropriate and toast our imminent demise. Yeah, today we're drinking ice in solidarity with all the folks freezing all across the United States. Cheers, Andy. Indeed, indeed. Uh, you know, Josh, I'm not a uh, climate scientist like yourself, and I, don't, I got no fancy degrees or job with NASA or my own sa satellites, but I believe that ice is uh, technically frozen water. It is totally frozen water. Uh, it's hard to drink, um, and uh, this is what happens to water when it gets too cold. It sure does. It sure does. Uh, and, you know, I, I guess my feeling is like this polar vortex, uh, it's, uh, it's indicative of a larger issue. Is that correct? Uh, it is. You know, the polar vortex is the name for the thing that goes around the top of the earth, the winds that circle the top of the earth. Um, and whenever they uh, get weak, then the winds kind of veer around like a drunken sailor, uh, and they, uh, they bring huge amounts of cold air down from the north and warm air up. Uh, please refer to it as a drunken comic from now on, because oh, that is the, uh, the standard by which I'm used to being judged. My bad. Uh, but, uh, and that's a great teaser, because we're, we're going to kind of dig into the science of that, which yeah. you know very well. And, uh, but before we get to that, uh, there's a huge, massive uh, crisis going on in one of our uh, near neighbors, Venezuela. Now, Josh, you're not an expert on Venezuela. I don't know anything about Venezuela. I know literally jack squat about any place that's outside of the U.S. borders. Uh, so we brought in uh, a very brilliant expert who's going to help us understand these things. Yeah, let's, let's talk to Alex. Uh, this is Alex Sequia, uh, and uh, Alex is our friend. Uh, Alex, you're in uh, Mexico right now, correct? Uh, yes, I am currently in Mexico um, at, in a beach town and, and watching the situation in Venezuela and the United States. So it's a nice uh, in-between place that I'm in right now. A, ni a nice sort of uh, point of the tripod, right? Yeah. And, uh, and you're actually a native of Venezuela, correct? Uh, yes, I, my entire family is from Venezuela. I still have a lot of family there. Some of them have flown to uh, Argentina and Colombia and Peru. Uh, a lot of them are in the United States as well, but I, my entire childhood, I grew up in Venezuela, in the Andes, in the mountains, and also in the, in the area where they have a lot of oil. Okay, okay. Well, that's, uh, that seems to be a significant chunk of what's, uh, why, why there's so much intrigue in Venezuela right now is the oil. Yes. But, uh, but Alex, uh, let's, perhaps we can start with something like this, is... Uh, as a progressive, as a liberal, as someone on the left side of things, 
I try and figure out what's going on in Venezuela and what my take should be, I have no idea. Yeah. It, what, 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 are we, what are we thinking? <laughs> what's happening, first of all? Yeah, so the thing with Venezuela is, is kind of complicated. And uh, as, especially as a progressive, you know, I'm, I'm very liberal. And uh, I guess it, it helps to explain uh, the whole situation if you stop kind of looking at it from left and right for a minute and just think of the situation in Venezuela as a struggle between democracy and fascism. And so um, the, the, it requires a little bit of context on kind of the history of what's happened in the last few years. The reason why a lot of left-leaning people are kind of confused is because of the rise of Chavez in the late 90s, early 2000s. It was going to be this a lot of uh, socialist uh, programs that were going to benefit the poor um, and kind of lift the lower aspect of Venezuela a lot of that was seen as very positive, but over time, uh, the systemic corruption was never addressed in Venezuela. And it ultimately, systemic corruption can ruin any system, uh, including capitalism, including, I mean, any system will get ruined by systemic corruption. And so it's, now, it's Alex, easier to look at what's happening in Venezuela through that lens. Outrageous. outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, surely there's no parallels between... Uh, a populist <laughs> president being brought in to try to uh, get the government to actually represent the people because the people feel disenfranchised mm -hmm. by their leaders. <laughs> so yeah. so, that, so that's great. I, and, and you kind of broke my American brain when you said think beyond left and right. I'm still reeling from yeah, that. I know. <laughs> that's such a weird thing to do. I mean, uh, <laughs> this is kind of about uh, just just power, right? The exertion of power and, and uh, lack of a voice for uh, uh, common people, right? Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the current situation, what happened, and I'll just give you sort of a, the super quick, like Cliff Notes version, um, about uh, in 2012, so about seven years ago, um, when Chavez died, um, he died right after uh, a national election that he won by a very small margin. And it was the smallest margin that he'd ever won an election. So people were already starting to defect from, from his uh, support. And so after he dies, um, because he, he had just won an election and he hadn't started the new presidential term, according to Venezuelan constitution, a new election gets triggered. When a new election gets triggered, Maduro, um, who was Chavez's vice president, runs, and then he barely wins. He won with 50 point, something like 50.5% of the vote. So already lower than Chavez's vote only a few months before that. So uh, the presidential uh, terms in Venezuela are about six years, or six years. So in those six years that Maduro was president, the economic situation in Venezuela worsened. The oil prices dropped, and Venezuela is very dependent on the oil price to fund a lot of social programs and a lot of just national programs. And so Venezuela, uh, Maduro's support plummeted in that time. And so last year, Maduro ran for president again. Uh, before the elections, uh, his administration banned all major political uh, opposition from uh, running from 
holding any sort of political office. So either they ban people or they straight, straight up just put them in jail. So the major political opposition could not even compete. Um, he won, quote unquote, that election last year by a landslide with 68% of the vote. It was a record low turnout. And that is the election that a lot of, of Venezuelans, including international observers, say it was a sham. And so what's happening now is that Maduro got inaugurated a couple of weeks ago and the Venezuelan Congress uh, declared that because that election was illegitimate, they tried to follow the Venezuelan constitution and said, well, the third person in line is actually the president and that would be the president of the National Assembly, like Venezuelan's Congress, and is this uh, gentleman, uh, Guaido. And so Guaido got sworn in by the Venezuelan Congress as an interim president, and Guaido said that he would conduct or oversee open and fair elections. And so the situation now is that basically we have two presidents based on who you consider to be legitimate, but the military has continued to pledge their support for Maduro, the, the top of the military. Um, there are a lot of reports that say the, the majority of the military do not support the administration, but the very top leaders still do, and they control most of the resources. And so the situation now is more like a civil war with one side having all the firepower and the other side representing the large majority of Venezuelans. The latest uh, report that I saw was something over 80% of Venezuelans want Maduro out. So it's a very complicated situation. So, so if, if, uh, if one were to choose a team that is the side of the people, it sounds like uh, uh, Maduro wouldn't be the, uh, the team to root for. No, absolutely not. Uh, Maduro is mainly concerned with maintaining power. And everything that he has done in the last few years has been for that purpose. That he stripped Congress of all of its power and just created a parallel Congress with hand-picked people to run the country. I mean, he and putting up uh, political opponents in jail. Um, I mean, it... It goes on and on. Like they, they really are just desperately trying to hold on to power because they know that people are not on their side. Uh, Alex, uh, you once again just broke my American brain because I, I believe uh, the Trump administration has taken a side against Maduro, effectively putting the Trump administration on the right side of history. In this one? Yeah, it, this is probably the one occasion where I agree with the Trump administration. Um, he's wow. doing the right thing. And, and to be fair, you know, most of South America has also recognized Guaido as the legitimate president. The EU has also recognized Guaido as the legitimate president. Canada, um, uh, individual countries around the world have recognized Guaido and countries that can be considered to be socialist or left-leaning are also recognizing Guaido as the legitimate president because they see that this is basically an authoritarian regime. Maduro's so regime honesty, is just trying to maintain pretty power. easy call for Trump. Right? <laughs> I mean, we don't want to give him too much. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, 
I don't. I, yeah, a lot of left-leaning people are saying, "Oh, this is a U.S.-backed coup." But honestly, we know that Trump and his administration can't find a way out of a paper bag. They would not be able to do something like this. If anything, they're just being opportunistic, you know. And so um, it's just simply a, a. They just happen to get it right at this at this point. Wow. Wow. Uh, and. Uh, what a fascinating perspective, Alex. And uh, and first of all, thank you, because I honestly am learning everything that I know about the situation in Venezuela. I just learned in the last yeah, five minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Thank you. And, uh, and let me ask uh, uh, both Josh and Alex, uh, just to tie it into some of our other themes, uh, is... is Oil, climate, energy, uh, that sort of aspect of, of where Venezuela fits in, how does that uh, connect to this dynamic? Is oil part of what's going on here? Is climate? Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, of course, uh, Venezuela has the largest uh, proven oil reserves in the world. Um, oil is very important for the economy there. Uh, but it's also kind of at the epicenter of uh, climate change because, uh, you know, in the tropics, that's really uh, where the, the earth is already really hot. It's getting hotter. Um, and in, uh, in the sort of northern part of South America, rainfall is incredi incredibly important. Uh, and uh, changes to the patterns of rainfall could have really huge, huge consequences there. Wow. And, yeah, and, and certainly that might uh, contribute to the uh, flow. Of, there, there's such an enormous refugee crisis and humanitarian crisis uh, south of the border and uh, across, uh, largely of uh, the American creation. But uh, it seems like this would potentially add to all that. Absolutely. You know, uh, uh, climate change is one of the leading causes of people fleeing where they are. I mean, uh, you know, it drives lack of resources. Uh, uh, it uh, uh, sometimes literally is, in some cases, forcing people out of places because you can't live there anymore. And so uh, it's definitely exacerbating uh, the, the migration of people, um, you know, and so, yeah, people are definitely moving because of climate change. And Alex, you mentioned that uh, some of your relatives have, uh, have left Venezuela recently. Is that connected to the disruption in the political process down there, or is that uh, just for personal reasons? Uh, no, definitely the, the lack of stability in the country has led a lot of people to leave seeking better opportunities in neighboring countries. Uh, uh, Colombia alone has taken in over a million refugees from Venezuela. Wow. wow. And partly that has to do because in the 1980s, when Colombia was having a very rough economic time, a lot of Venezuelans, a lot of Colombians went to Venezuela. And so they always remember that and are kind of paying, paying back uh, the, the goodwill. Um, but I have Absolutely. family that has gone to Argentina, that has gone to Peru, all over South America. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Alex, this is so helpful, and we yeah. really appreciate your, uh, your, your video making, your activism, and most of all, your appearance here today, because this helped us out a lot. Yeah, definitely. I had no idea what was going on. And Alex, peep this, uh, we actually have a sponsor. It's kind of a surprising one, given what we just said. But we have a sponsor? We have a sponsor, very exciting. Uh, no a, an ice toast to our new uh, sponsor. Cheers. Thank you, Alex. Are you trapped in a job you hate? Tired of long hours, harsh conditions, and work that's intrinsically evil? Maybe it's time to quit that ice job and find work doing literally anything else. 
ICE was established in 2003. Since then, employees complain of high blood pressure, back strain, and if there is a hell, knowing they'll burn in flames for all eternity for what they have done. ICE agents are subject to unfair criticism. People say they prostitute themselves for a racist administration. That is not fair. Prostitutes provide a service. ICE is breaking up families, abusing women, ripping up communities in the Constitution. It's rife with abuse, graft, and violence. And some, I assume, are good people. To those people, we say, stop doing that. Go to this real, actual website where real, actual lawyers will give you a one-way ticket to the right side of history. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. Let's go. Before someone starts putting y'all in cages like you were children or something. If you work at ICE, it's time to skate. How Whoa. about it? Wow. Bold <laughs> stance. Uh, by the way, if any, uh, if any ICE uh, uh, employee wants to quit, uh, come on our show. Yeah. We'd love to have you quit yeah, on our show. Yeah, come talk to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do it yeah. in public on, <laughs> on Being Liberal uh, webpage, which I'm sure your bosses will love. Yeah, it'll be great. Uh, Josh, uh, I think we've had an, about an accumulation of maybe four to five inches I know. of fake snow back here. I'm about ready to build a snowman. Yeah, fake yeah. snowman, absolutely. Uh, what better thing to do in L.A. than build a fake human being? Yes, because <laughs> we need more of them. Uh, it's the polar vortex, Andy. Wait, what the hell is that, Josh? Uh, the polar vortex has been in the news uh, more than like the Kardashians this week. Absolutely, thank God. Yeah. Um, the polar vortex is, uh, is a giant ring of wind that goes around um, the, the North Pole. And it where kind Santa of, lives. Right, where Santa lives. Mm -hmm. It kind of keeps, usually, it kind of keeps all the cold air up there. Um, and it's there because, you know, the tropics are, or the lower latitudes are warm. The pole is really cold. The air tries to go from warm to cold, and then it, the rotation of the Earth makes it spin around. It's physics, Andy. It's physics. I love yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll take your, I'll take your right, science word right, for right. it, Poindexter. Um, sure. But sometimes the polar vortex kind of goes haywire, and when it does that, it weaves around uh, like a drunken sailor. Comic. Yes. Comic, Dumping sorry. Out, comic. So. Drunken comic. Uh, it weaves around like a drunken comic, and it, uh, it brings cold air out of the north, Often at the same time, it's taking warm air uh, into the north. So, for example, when we're getting dumped on with snow, sometimes like Greenland is melting in February because the polar vortex is rearranging hot and cold. I see. So, so it sounds like this is part of a pa this. Uh, whereas some people, like our idiot president, seem to think that this contradicts uh, the idea of climate change. It actually reinforces the idea that. Uh, the climate is shifting. It is shifting, and in fact, uh, the polar vortex, there's some evidence right now that the polar vortex is being affected by global warming because when the Earth warms up, the Arctic, the North Pole, warms up faster than everywhere else. And a warm North Pole can, uh, it's like, um, you know, giving tequila to a comedian, it, it makes the, the polar vortex wander. Uh, uh -huh. And it weaves in and out. So the warmer Arctic actually may be causing uh, the increases in these uh, big stormy events that dump snow on us for a week or so. Yeah, fascinating, fascinating. Uh, by the way, you should give comics tequila at every possible, uh, every chance you get. It's like they live on it. Oh, uh, we we do. Yeah. It's 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 like our uh, it's water for us. And so uh, I'm from. Uh, I spent a lot of my uh, uh, developing years in Chicago. 
Uh, yeah. I see it like I'm from Chicago. Chicago. No, I love Chicago, and uh, Chicago had a rough week, man. Man, they got hosed. Uh, yeah, if you live in Chicago, I hope you have an electric blanket <laughs> and lots and lots of coffee because uh, Chicago um, really got dumped on. This uh, big excursion of the polar vortex uh, pushed the jet stream south, and it just sucked all the cold air uh, out of the North Pole. So, you know, Santa was probably toasty. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Chicago, second city, they froze. Ah, uh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Uh, uh, they, they need warmth. Yeah. So, you know, I, I guess that it seems like there's... Um, so I've got, you know, friends and family in Chicago, Detroit, Indianapolis, you know, like all around the Midwest. They're all experiencing Santa weather due to climate change. Yeah, uh, yeah, right, right. Normally it's elves that have to deal with this stuff, uh, and now it's Chicago wins. <laughs> yes, yeah. But I know that works, that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now let's see, I, I think we've got an audience comment that we're going to respond to. By the way, guys, uh, leave your comments and questions in the yes. comment section here on Being Liberal. We will address them, and uh, you can either get a response from a genuine expert in topics like this, uh, who's an actual uh, paid expert, or, or you could get it from somebody who knows a lot of boner jokes. Uh, so This guy's bits are great. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. Uh, explain the increase of snow and ice at the Arctic. That's a good question. Oh, yeah. I don't know Antarctic. what that means. A Antarctic. Antarctic, all right. Antarctic, Antarctic. So uh, there's some evidence that as the um, planet heats up, uh, well, we know that as the planet heats up, as the air heats up, it holds more moisture. Mm. It holds like literally more water in the air. And so there's a, a, a suggestion that because the air holds more water, um, Antarctica will actually get more snow. And so there, uh, there is a projection in the long term that Antarctica will actually get more snow. But it turns out that the melting around the edges is bigger than that, and Antarctica is actually losing ice. So it's a very common misperception. A lot of times uh, people uh, who think climate change is a bunch of hooey, they say, oh, well, the Antarctic is getting bigger, right, and, right, right. and Antarctica is getting bigger, but it's actually not. It's actually losing ice like gangbusters. It's causing sea level rise, and so uh, definitely it's, you know, it's, it's warming too. Suck on that, Jim, Jim Inhofe. Uh, okay, fantastic. So, so a uh, great question, by the way. It was yeah. it's a challenging one. It was. I thought, I thought you feel. I was a little well. nervous. I was it's very nervous. exciting. Yeah. It's a very exciting uh, moment for us. And in Australia, they're experiencing uh, something very different right now. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, remember, even though it's winter here in Australia, it's summer. So Australia is actually experiencing an incredibly uh, severe heat wave right now. Um, there are it, uh, just record high temperatures uh, all across Australia. Um, and it's hot. Mm. And it's hotter than it would have been otherwise because global warming. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Yes. Uh, so, so that's interesting. So Australia is experiencing kind of what we're going to be experiencing in about six months. That's, is their summertime that's and right. the brutal temperatures that uh, the climate change is bringing us. That's right. Uh, apparently, it was so hot there. How hot was it? Oh, how hot oh, was it? Come on, where's your comedian chops? I forgot, I forgot my role uh, here. <laughs> so it was so hot that uh, a man named uh, Jim Beam, uh, I don't know if he has any association with the whiskey. Anyway, he made an omelet on the sidewalk. He literally cooked an omelet um, on the pavement in Australia, uh, 
and it looks really delicious. Classic gag. I am. I am really. I mean, yeah. You have a shot of an omelet, which yeah. is helpful because I, <laughs> yeah. I, I wish that was we would his omelet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. did a good it's job. Amazing. <laughs> did a good job. Well, uh, so the uh, the Australia is experiencing the, those extremes, and and uh, we're experiencing these extremes, uh, and then uh, our. Potus, I, I, I'd rather not say his name if I can avoid it. Yeah, said uh, had a really just brilliant insight. The man insights. in the White House. The man, in the, man White in the White House. Yeah, he had a, a tweet that suggested uh, in the beautiful Midwest, temperatures are reaching minus sixty degrees, the coldest ever recorded. In coming days, expected even colder. People can't last outside for even minutes. It's weird that he's celebrating that. What the hell is going on with global warming? Please come back fast. We need you. Can we break down why that's stupid very quickly? <laughs> yeah, because. <laughs> Guess what? Global warming's already here. Mm. And this winter that's happening in Chicago should really be happening to Santa. It should be at the North Pole. Yeah. Uh, and part of the reason it's not uh, could be because of global warming. I mean, we know the Arctic is heating up really fast. The ocean up there sucks up all this heat in the summer. Uh, and then uh, it starts to release it back in the winter. And that heat coming out of the ocean might be what's pushing the jet stream down and bringing uh, winter to uh, the middle of America, <laughs> almost the entire, I mean, like, it was a huge event, it was big. Fantastic, yeah. well, uh, well. so uh, in a huge surprise, we can disregard what the president has to say about science, uh, but, uh, but an actual, uh, uh, some of your fellow deep state members, uh, yes. you, you NASA yes. folks, you NOAA <laughs> folks, I know you right. guys are all very deep state. Right. What, uh, th they had a response to this, correct? Yeah, actually, NOAA put out a, a great tweet uh, that said winter storms don't prove that global warming isn't happening. Uh, and it's great because it links to uh, some research that just happened where NOAA, uh, NOAA scientists looked at storms over the ocean uh -huh. and they found that, guess what, when the ocean's hotter, the storms are more severe. <laughs> so actually, worse storms are a symptom of global warming and uh, not proof that it doesn't exist. First of all, nice clapback from Noah. Right? Uh, it's Thank it's you rare for you still, see that yeah. sauciness from a government agency. Definitely. I was excited about that. Noah? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's, uh, I, I believe we've got, uh, if, we, if we have another comment, uh, were we going to take a look at that real oh. quick, uh, Michael? Yeah, do we have a uh, what are you guys thinking sure. out there? We're, we're, uh, we're pulling up some comments yeah. uh, as we go here. Uh, we're figuring out the tech as we go. Uh, give us a, just a moment. Yeah. Um, you know, Andy, I was uh, uh, thinking about this whole global warming thing mm. recently and uh, uh, because, you know, that's my job. That's your thing. It. That's your whole shit. All the time. But uh, it's, it's really amazing just how fast things are starting to happen. You know, when I was in grad school some years ago, global warming was like a thing that was... Yeah, we could measure it, yeah, yeah, but you yeah. couldn't like walk outside and see it. And now uh, it's almost like every uh, every week or every month there's a new uh, there's a new headline that says, "Look, <laughs> global warming is here." And it must be weird as somebody who's who's very uh, immersed in this topic to see this happen, see the things that you knew were going to happen start to happen. Yeah, that I must mean, be freaky. In a sense, it's exciting. It's a exciting time to be a scientist because you know we're doing this big experiment with uh -huh. the whole planet. So you know, if you ever wanted to tweak the knobs and go, I wonder what would happen if we added you know billions of tons of carbon to the atmosphere. Uh -huh, well, uh -huh. we're finding out. So um, you know, as a scientist, it's it's fun, but as a human, it's also a little scary, uh, a little d disastrous. So yeah, great time for scientists. Uh, terrible time for everybody else. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, measure that data. So. Yeah, so uh, Andy, you know, we're all mortal coils on this planet. Boy, that is true, man. Yeah, that and, is true. Uh, that means eventually we're all going to die. Let's find out why this week. 
We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. We're all gonna die. Hot Pocalypse. <laughs> so that that's a fun one, right? That, so that's uh, that's our intro for uh, the the reasons why we're all screwed this week. We're doomed, people. This is very topical. What's yeah. about to happen right now? Ripped from the headlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's what's up first? Uh, let's check it out. What do we have first? We've got uh, uh, some very important stuff about things. Oh, uh, robots. Yeah. Robots uh, yeah, now yeah. are becoming self-aware on purpose. We're doing this. Right. <laughs> uh, creating some self-aware robots. Now, uh, now, as a scientist, this must be sort of an, a, uh, a sticky wicket for you because we're advancing the field of knowledge, which is exciting. Right. But in dangerous, potentially dangerous ways. I've seen all the Terminator movies, Andy, uh, <laughs> and The Matrix, like three times, you know. Uh, yeah, it's a little scary, right? Because... Um, you know, what are these things going to be able to do in, in the future? Uh, the, this robot arm, um, they, they like woke it up <laughs> and it didn't know what it was. So it like poked around and did all this stuff for Same a long time. Same thing my baby daughter did. Yeah, exactly, right? And then eventually it started to figure out that it was a robot arm. Uh, and then it started to figure out how it could move. And now they're like training it to uh, move chess pieces. And I hear pretty soon uh, it's going to announce its uh, candidacy for president. <laughs> Everyone else is running right? the deal. Why not? <laughs> Join the fun, you guys. Yeah. I do think uh, it's potentially exciting for, uh, 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 for people who like... Uh, uh, I'm just going to make a hand job joke, but I'm going to wave this oh, one off. Oh, wow. I'm, going, I'm, done, okay. I'm waving this one off. <laughs> all right, all right. But, I, but it is, uh, you know, a lot of my fear on this is based on ignorance. I just don't know that much about AI, so I, it's, it's uh, fear of ignorance, which one shouldn't uh, operate from. But also people as notable as Bill Gates, Elon Musk, who seem to know what they're talking about on these topics, have warned us that AI uh, is potentially a, a hazardous technology. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of asking uh, computers and machines to do things for themselves. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not necessarily a nefarious thing. Like, they're going to go, ah, these people, nah, they're not working for me. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, in doing a ta you set them to do a task. And if they're singularly focused on that one task, then maybe they don't really care about whatever else they destroy to get it done. It's like my daughter, if I can distract her with like a rattle or something, yeah, right. she'll let me change her diaper. And yes. Yeah, 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 I, I get it. I know how uh, this works. A lot of poop involved with robots. That's, my, that's what I have to say. So uh, uh, the second reason we're going to die, yes. actually, Andy, is, uh, is, is because, uh, once again, Antarctica's in the news. Again? Again, right? Antarctica um, is, uh, is uh, filling up a lot of your time as a climate scientist. It is. Um, uh, it's melting. You know, there's enough ice in Antarctica to raise sea levels by uh, almost uh, 180 feet. What? Yeah, 180 feet. Say it again? Yes, 180 feet. <laughs> uh, it's a whole lot of ice. Mm. And um, what they found out that is that the ice actually, you know, they know that it kind of flows off the land and into the water. It okay. literally sits right in the water. And what they found is that underneath this giant glacier called Thwaites um, is a cavity. Uh, sort of, you know, uh, a thing eroding away at the bottom side um, of the ice. Uh, and as more and more water gets in there, it can get unstuck uh, and then start just dumping ice. Uh, uh, like my daughter dumping exactly, ducks. Exactly, exactly, right? Just all the time. Okay. Yeah, so uh, it's a little scary. So, so, so the, uh, this, is it Thwaites? Thwaites. Thwaites uh, this yeah. Thwaites section of Antarctica uh, could potentially uh, deteriorate further and potentially even break off, it sounds like. That's right, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a couple feet of sea level rise that are kind of being uh, held up and are tied up in this, in this one glacier and the nearby glaciers. So 
you know, if it all decided to melt really quickly, um, then we could be looking at a couple feet of sea level rise worldwide, um, you know, in, in, in our lifetimes, perhaps. Jeez Louise. And to your point of, of things happening so quickly right now with climate and uh, in the future, uh, and I hate to keep bringing my uh, newborn daughter in no, this. Uh, shout out to my yeah. new, newborn daughter. But, uh, but it's in her lifetime, this will almost definitely be a huge issue, but, but, oh, but possibly in mine if I stop drinking. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> absolutely. Not going to happen. <laughs> uh, what else we got? What's, uh, what's next for us? No. Oh, uh, measles. Yeah. Measles is making a comeback. Uh, this is the reason we're all, we're all going to die, number three. Uh, measles is making a comeback because of anti-vaxxers. Yeah, that, that really upsets me, I have to say. I would think, I would think this is as a, both a scientist and a nice guy who doesn't like to see human suffering. Yeah, right. I, I mean, uh, you know, people have all these misconceptions about the vaccines, that they cause autism. Uh, they don't. Nope. Um, uh, we don't know what causes autism, but we're pretty sure it's not vaccines. Uh, and the things that we, listen, the things that we've made vaccines for are really, really bad. Yeah. You don't want to get the measles. You don't want whooping cough. These no. are bad things. Polio. Polio, smallpox. I mean, these are really, really awful diseases, and they were almost wiped out. Until. Until suckers. Yeah. Uh, towards that end, we take my daughter and, and every morning we dump her in a bucket of vaccines. Wow. Yeah, then she wow. just poos everywhere and we That's, set the day. <laughs> she's going to have quite the life. <laughs> yes, she is. We're off to a roaring start. Um, so, Andy, uh, I read a headline this week, too, uh, uh, Reasons We're All Doomed. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, it's number four we're on. It's number, number four. four. Uh -huh. It's number four. It's sort of a retrospective one because uh, it, it's uh, actually the reason that Native Americans were doomed. Oh. Uh, it, it turns out that scientists recently found uh, a connection between the Little Ice Age, which was a period where the Earth cooled down for uh, a, a couple hundred years, uh -huh. Um, starting about 15 or 1600, which coincides with the time that Native Americans in the United States were almost completely wiped out by the arrival of Europeans, uh, mostly by disease, in fact. So because they vaccine, weren't vaccinated. They weren't vaccinated. That's exactly right. So 90% uh, of the population of the Americas disappeared in 100 years. So there used to be 60 million people here which I didn't know. I did not know that. All right, it was a lot. And uh, they were uh, farming and making use of the land, and when they disappeared, all that land started to grow uh, uh, trees and grass again, and it sucked enough carbon dioxide of the atmosphere to cause the entire planet to cool off, just a tiny bit, but to cool off, uh, by uh, uh, a little bit for a couple hundred years. And that affected uh, people's so, lives all across the globe. Exactly. So actually human beings have been affecting the climate for uh, half a millennium now. Wow. Yeah. Uh, two things about that blow my mind. Uh, one is the, uh, the fact that, that that effect was was seen that early in human civilization. Sometimes uh, 60 million people in I know. the Americas. I, I really had no idea. You know, you, you see all the cowboys and Indian, Indians movies, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's just a small cluster of teepees uh -huh, and 30 uh -huh. or 40 people. But no, there were 60 million people. Uh, in the Americas in uh, 1500 when Columbus landed about. Josh, part of the fun of this uh, show for me is uh, talking to someone who is so knowledgeable about as yourself and finding places where our ignorance overlaps. I know. It's, That's uh, exciting. Like, wow. Because <laughs> my ignorance is vast, and, but, we, but we still have to find some places where we meet. But you know, Andy, uh, there's a silver lining, right? Oh, boy, what a this. good point, buddy. You what know? a good point. Yeah, yeah. There are some things that aren't, aren't terrible. 
right? You know, and, and that's important to remember as we face the despair uh, that we're fo so focused on this show that uh, along the way to uh, apocalypse and doom, some good things could happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's sort of amazing. I, I, we have, there's a couple we've been paying attention to, right? It gives me a feeling yeah. of climate FOMO. Yes. I'm old, so I just learned what FOMO, FOMO. FOMO means yes. a few days ago. Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. Yeah. Right. So, uh, so there's a number of things that are happening climate-wise and otherwise uh, that are good news that we're going to talk about right after this message from yet another sponsor. We wow. must be rolling in money. We are ro yeah. Children. They're the reason we do it all, right? So when people say they're concerned that fracking endangers their food and water, we say, that's the wrong attitude. The fact is, we don't know the effects of fracking on your food and water. So it might be, just might be, the kind of pollution that gives people superpowers. Really? Really? I'm listening. Fact. Spider-Man was just a man until he was bitten by a polluted spider. Fact. Bruce Banner was just a man until he was polluted by radiation. Fact. Hawkeye was never polluted at all. And Hawkeye sucks. Yeah, a rare Marvel misstep. Agreed. I want more legs. Well, you're not gonna get them by wishing. <laughs> I love x-ray vision. Eat more peas. Eating food tainted by fracking. It's literally the only way eating kale could make you grow wings. Hey, I've got this rash that won't go away. You're welcome. So, so, FOMO. FOMO. Uh, so I got, I got FOMO um, this week when I found out that uh, the seed vault. Did you oh, know? the seed vault. There's a, there's a, a there's vault a that holds the seed seeds. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, it's in Svalbard, Norway. That's made uh, up. Yeah. I've, no, I've been to Svalbard. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, we flew there a couple years ago for uh, the Greenland thing. You do all the cool I stuff. I know. It was fun. So uh, they have this uh, little hut sticking out of the side of a mountain that um, goes down into the earth, in, in, way down into the uh, seed vault. Th they have a giant room down there and they store uh, uh, seeds from all over the world. So all the important crops that we have in case there's like a global disaster, there's seeds for all those important crops. And I just found out that uh, some of the seeds that they keep are for uh, all kinds of marijuana plants from all over the so world. Say what, 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 what? Yes. <laughs> so uh, they're storing some, uh, uh, some, uh, insert, <laughs> insert your favorite uh, Some, some nice sativas, some nice yes. indicas. Oh, sorry, yes, nice, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll help you out. I didn't I'll help do you all out my homework this week. Oh, I, I've been doing it for years. Yeah. So, so they're, they're, uh, they're saving all these weed, uh, along with, you know, uh, maize, uh, soybeans. Yes, corn, yes, all this stuff. Uh, there's like 40,000 different uh, seeds down in the seed vault, um, uh, but some of the most important... What, that's that's fascinating. So so like uh, there there must be some agreement that these seeds are valuable. That uh, the yeah. marijuana ha will have some place in the post apocalypse. Uh, apparently, it's fascinating because it's actually illegal in Svalbard. So you can't smoke in Svalbard. But there are <laughs> but there's seeds. but they get the seeds. Yes. <laughs> well, I think it's important that after the apocalypse, we're going to need some cool heads. Not every yeah. we, you don't want to freak out all the time. That's right. When, that's when right. You, the S is going down. You need to chill out after yeah. the apocalypse. That's a good plan, Svalgard, which. That sounds made up. <laughs> not quite buying it. Uh, another exciting bit of FOMO, another exciting thing that's happening not here is uh, in Germany. Yeah? They're uh, phasing out coal in Germany. I heard about this. That's right. Yes. 
Thank you, Germany. Germans, you almost destroyed the world <laughs> twice, but you're coming back in a big way. Right. Thank 2038. You. 2038. <laughs> 2038, uh, they want to eliminate all coal plants. Yeah, right? we might live that long, Andy. If Maybe. they eliminate yeah. enough coal plants. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's, I mean, it's really um, wild. I mean, th that is a huge undertaking for a, company, for a country that was largely powered by coal, like, like so many of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's a... It's, it's a huge thing when any country tries to shift uh, completely away from a, a major fuel source. We, uh, we lost internet. Oh, oh dear. Uh-oh. Internet down. Well, let's just uh, continue. Oh, now we're back on. Oh. I think. We think we were gone for a minute, and now we're back. Technical uh, discoveries. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're learning how to do this as we yes. go. We're building this machine uh, as we fly. We're trying to make the magic happen. But we were just talking about uh, Germany <laughs> trying to get off of coal. So Exciting. by 2038, uh, there will apparently be no functioning coal plants in Germany anymore. Das ist schön, Germany. I, ah. I hoist uh, a mug of uh, yes. not ale to you. Yes, cheers to that. Yeah, mm. uh, Germans uh, really coming back as a, as a group of people. Well done. Uh, so an another very exciting thing about uh, that's happening right now, uh, you know, Davos, this uh, big meeting of Richie yeah. Riches that happens every uh, year where uh, rich people get together and pretend they care about poor people for oh, a little while. Oh, so nice of them. Yeah, so, so big of you guys. But uh, this is an exciting thing that's being discussed there that uh, should be discussed more widely is moving to a four-day uh, four work week. Wow. That's wow. good. I could use another day of weekend. Heck yeah, I love to you party. Know? Yeah, right? And it's, it's also, you know, I think interesting because uh, as robotics and all these things develop, there should be, theoretically, with all this work being done by non-humans, right. more time for us not to do work. Yeah, right. I mean, especially as the robots get uh, more intelligent. Right? Smarter than we are. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should be laying around on the beach. Yeah. But, uh, but so things like universal basic income, uh, a four-day work week, uh, really starting to turn back to what humanity uh, is here to do rather than just make money. Uh, that's very exciting. It's very exciting that would be, uh, I, I, I suppose, imposed on all these rich riches at Davos who probably didn't want to hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, that's, uh, wow. <laughs> they, they probably like people working five right. or more uh, days yeah. a week. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, they can be richer that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, now, here's, here's uh, uh, for our next FOMO, this is, this is sort of an inverse FOMO. Yeah. I'm going to switch it up on you. This uh -oh. is a, a, a trick play. Rule of threes, Andy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm just told what here. <laughs> so, so this is uh, Shell. Uh, Shell Oil is starting to move to electric charging stations at their gas station. Wow, that's so awesome. Isn't that big of them to offer some uh, choices for electric car drivers yeah. at their uh, fossil fuel uh, facilities? That's, yeah, definitely. That's, that's, that's kind of cool. That I mean, is kind of cool. Right. I also want to push back uh, because this is being greeted as such a good news story. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to push back to something that was said at Davos this year which is that, uh, for instance, we re rely on billionaires and uh, these big companies to be philanthropists rather than just taxing them. And taxing, yeah. taxation is the way that we can actually spread income around. Similarly, with a pro problem like uh, climate change, we can wait for these companies to find the goodness of their heart <laughs> right. to build some charging stations while the world burns, yeah. or we can make them do it. I mean, that's right. You know, you can't cure global warming by just driving a Prius, nope. much as we would all like to think we can. Uh, you actually have to have government policies that push the entire economy away from fossil fuels and toward renewable fuels. Uh, and without it, uh, we're not going to succeed. So you absolutely have to have uh, reasonable policies and uh, taxing 
uh, is one way to do it. Uh, ending subsidies is another way to do oh, it. Oh, yeah, and yeah, of course, yeah. You know, a lot of these companies get huge amounts of money just directly from the government to develop and so forth. So, uh, you know, put, it, put the subsidies where you want the resources to grow, uh, like in renewables, That'd be really nice. Well, yeah. you know, that's so interesting, and, and, and it opens up, I, I think that's going to be an entire episode at some point, is talking about some of the, the carbon tax, some of these yeah. other solutions yeah. that are out there of varying different degrees of merit and uh, functionality. But right. uh, we'll, we'll be talking about all that stuff as we go. That's a great point. Yeah. Uh, one, one more FOMO item that uh, yes. I want to discuss, because we've been really harsh on robots today. I know, it's been a tough day for the non-sentient uh, big words. <laughs> that's that's why we love them. Uh, but but so these particularly uh, uh, these these robots coming alive, the Terminator thing. There's a lot of threats that are posed by uh, intelligent robots, but they're also very cool. They are super cool. There's yeah. some new ones being developed that are prosthetics, and this is sort of an interesting uh, bit of technology where we're combining robotics with actual humans to make the humans' lives better. And I think that's a really cool thing. Like Darth Vader. Like Darth Vader. Wow. Wow, you blew my mind. Dang. <laughs> you blew my mind. It's total Darth Vader. Uh, wow. but, but you can look at this. Like, that is badass. That is really cool, man. And it reminds us that uh, while I this... I to shoot a bow. Yeah. While this technology is really uh, is problematic and potentially uh, dangerous, it also has really po great potential for humans. This is a nice reminder. Well, that. yeah. You know, we kind of need to steer the ship of, uh, of technology and development towards solving this problem, right? Yes. I mean, uh, it's a gigantic... Uh, uh, it's a gigantic worldwide problem and, and one that requires worldwide solutions. Uh, and if you look back uh, in history, actually, um, there are times when we spent this amount of national resources uh, on something. Um, you know what it was? Josh just blew my mind with a segue, by the way. <laughs> well done. Please continue. Please continue. Uh, it was war. It was war. <laughs> right? That's right. I mean, if you look at uh, global, you know, if you look at spending, uh, as a, 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 a fraction of um, uh, GDP, you know, gross domestic product, how much economic activity in there, there is in the United States, there's two big spikes in our history. Guess what those were? Uh, when we uh, bought flowers for everybody? Nope, World War One and Two. Ah, that's, where, that's <laughs> yeah. where we spent the money. That's where we really spent the money. So, you know, some people say that we need a World War II scale effort to uh, to address global warming, and, and that's really what it's going to take. What a good point. And, uh, you know, it kind of comes back to that thing that uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez said recently, love her, yeah. uh, who, about the, uh, the Green New Deal, is that you know, we, we always have money for wars. Right. It's, it's never how do we pay for this with wars. It only right, happens right. when it's tough for people. Right, 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 right. And, uh, you know, in a, in a way where this is the war on ourselves, right? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're like waging war against uh, our home planet. Yeah, uh, in yeah. a way, with the changes we're making to the climate. So uh, why not a war-scale effort to uh, address and, and, and fight the war so that uh, the climate wins? Boy, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, you know, Joshua, I think uh, that's going to bring us uh, pretty close to the end of our show here. Oh, I man. think uh, uh, we want everyone to like our Facebook page, Hotpocalypse. Please. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks yeah. very much to uh, Being Liberal. Thanks very much to everybody for watching. Love you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Ice. Can't drink ice. It's, it's solid. Visit us online at hotpocalypse.com. Music by Kevin McLeod and Competech.com.